just want to thank you all for giving us this privilege to be here with the healing ministry of Restoring Relationships. It's very near and dear to our hearts, and what I would like to do, since it is Father's Day, is show you the application of the truth on the basis of what we do in Restoring Relationships. And I'd like to begin with this scripture first, that no one can come to me, Jesus said, unless the Father who sent me draws him. I want you to notice the word draw, not pull, not push, not manipulate, not shout, draw. Now, if that's how the Heavenly Father draws us to Jesus, that would be the first emblem of how we are to draw our children. We are to draw them. So let that be a foundation point that we want to reflect on here as fathers. Now I'd like to also come from the foundation verse, which is in Luke 4, 18. You've heard this many times. This verse here is the only time that I can see in the Scriptures and where Jesus is in the temple, where he's opening up the book of Isaiah and he's reading formally to those in the temple. If this is the only verse or series of verses that he read formally in the temple that's recorded. It said he read in the temple regularly at, in the Scriptures. But if this is the only one recorded, maybe we ought to take a real close look. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised. Let's pray. Father, we ask that your message be spoken here, not the message of flesh, not the message of humanity, but the message of your anointing through your Holy Spirit to pour through, to get all human element out of the way in me and also in and around the hearts of those who are listening to you in this time together. Let hearts and ears be open to hear what you want each one to hear independently of the other. And when we hear, let us have the desire and the purpose of intention to move forward into the obedience of action as we leave this place this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. <clears throat> Several questions. Dads, do you draw the hearts of your children? Do you speak into the hearts of your children? 
Do you bless your children? Do you endear your children with affection? Sadly, I didn't know what this was as a child. I didn't experience the drawing heart. I didn't experience someone speaking into me, especially someone who represents the most important man in my life. This is not an indictment on my father because he loved my, me and my brothers and sisters, but he was incapable of giving to us what he had never received himself. And there's a way to transcend that, but he never found that way. I didn't experience the blessing of the Father. And I was not endeared to my Father in affection. God transcends those losses if we with purposeful intention are willing to look in and to look up. The direction by which we look will determine the basis of our greatest pleasure and our worst pain. For too many years, I looked out, and the enemy spirits would skew my viewpoint of what I was seeing as to what was done to me and what was not done for me and what was said to me that would echo off the walls of my heart. I lived under the words that were not edifying. They were the words of someone who I revered. They were the words of someone who wanted to care, did care, but was incapable of expressing that care in a tender and engaging way. And the heart of every child, not just mine, hungers so deeply for that expression from his or her father. The hunger is so great that their stability or their tranquility is determined by what the voice and the expressions of the father's love is. One young man at 15 years of age, when I asked him, how connected were you with your father? And his father was in the next room. He said, he was a ghost. I said, what? A ghost? He was there, but he would pass through the halls, and I, we'd get a glimpse of him in the open. And then he'd pass on as if there was no ability to engage him at all because he was so focused on his own pursuits and his own desires and intentions. He didn't come to me and even want to sit down and talk with me. At times he gave me instructions or direction, but only by necessity. He was a ghost. Dad, do you expect of your children more than what they are able to give you? 
the expectations I personally put on my children exceeded my ability to attain myself. And yet, I put expectations on them that set them up to fail. Dads, do you ridicule your children? Do you cause them to fear? Do you provoke your children to wrath? Do you reject your child with words of failure? That was the echo most prevalent in my mind and heart. Failure, failure, failure. Or never measuring up, never being good enough. Dad, are you so focused on your plans, your desires, your career that you have placed your son and daughter on the altar of sacrifice? The law of sowing and reaping is in effect on every one of these areas. The sowing unto blessing or the sowing unto cursing. Are you in a place where your child can't reach you, even when they have the courage to come to you? Because you see, the heart of the child is automatically from the day of birth turned toward the father. But when the father's heart is turned away, the child will come toward his father or her father for a short season. But if they get bruised or there's a lack of attentiveness or a detachment from the father, it will extinguish within that child the desire to come to the heart of the father. And it's called extinction of the soul to be able to connect. What will happen is they will need to feel the emptiness from the wound of rejection. And children, not just these days, but for all time, can get very, very desperate as to how they're going to fill that emptiness. I was the father where my wife would say, your son, your daughter needs you. And I would at times submit to that counsel, not often enough. And I would seek Joseph out or Gina Lynn. But my words to engage were hollow. I had the right motive, but I used the wrong method. Because, you see, my heart was bound on the basis of the proclamations that we just read. And the bondage of my heart could not draw the hearts of my children even if my words intended to do so. Because it came off as disingenuous, because it was focused only on the script, and it did not have the endearment of affection with, from up from my heart. And you might think, well, try harder. That's not an area where you can try. That's an area where you and I must be set free you can't go to a parenting class 
as so many folks would come to me and say, teach me how to endear to my child and, and to speak to them in a way that they will come to me. And I said, I could, but they won't trust your heart because your heart is not for the giving. Your heart is in bondage. Teaching you the script places your child in a situation where they want to be drawn to you, but their heart will not be open to you because they know that your heart is held captive by situations that you may have lived years before, and the impact is still with you. People say to me often, why do we even look in the past when we can't change it? Why wouldn't we just move forward? And I say, it's not about the events of the past. It's about the impact from those events. The impact. So the events are long in the past. You're right. The relevance of the events is only this, that they left an impact in my soul. And if that impact has closed my heart off and it has caused me not to trust anyone close to me because of those violations, I will be incapable, no matter how hard I try, to draw the hearts of those I love most. And that's what it meant in Malachi 4, 5, and 6. I will send you Elijah in that great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers toward the children and the hearts of the children toward the fathers. Lest I smite the earth with a curse. That was the last prophetic word of the Old Testament, followed by 400 years of prophetic silence. Another significant script. And was not broken, the silence was not broken until Zacharias in the temple of John the Baptist, who was going to come and prepare the way of the Lord, who ultimately fulfilled the heart of the Father, because he himself experienced the heart of his heavenly Father when it turned from him when he became the sin sacrifice in Matthew 27. And Jesus cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your heart from me? And we know God in heaven had to do that for his holiness could not look upon sin and we know that that pain that Christ experienced was, had nothing to do with the sin of his heavenly Father. It had to do with the pain of being broken in heart from him. We need to realize that we as fathers hurt our children even when we're not sinning against them at times because we cannot be everything that they need for all time, every time. We can't be there certain times when they're crying out and desiring that we're there or when they are there expressing pain and we give them this message to their head when they're asking us to be tender to their heart where we're trying to fix a problem and they're saying, walk with me in this and they don't know how to express it because when my heart was in the bondage and held captive, I had never walked through the pain of my life. I, I was cleansed from the sin and the experience of salvation through Christ, but I had never walked through in Christ the pain of the cleansing. And because of that, the bondage of my heart meant that everything I did was to try to stifle and squash the pain. 
when my family members would want to express pain, I would shut it down. And I would go and relegate to fixing it. And what that says to them, that I don't care about what they're feeling and how they're hurting. Although that wasn't true, that's going to be the message because, you see, I couldn't lead them to a place I myself hadn't gone. They were in pain, and I had never walked through mine. How am I going to give a message when I'm held captive in my mind to refusing to walk through pain, and I'm held captive in my heart because that pain is still in me? And that pain was from past events. That pain was the impact left within my soul. You see, my spirit was cleansed, and that's the first part of the verse. I have come to preach the gospel, Jesus said. Poor meant poor in spirit. Those who recognized they had a need for a Savior, we know that's the evangelistic message that Christ gave us, go into the world and preach the gospel, and it's preached here and everywhere. Because if that doesn't happen, there's no spirit regeneration. But please notice this, please, that after that, the next four proclamations are to the church that received the gospel of Christ. The four proclamations that come after are for you and me. They're not for the heathen who are outside of Christ because without the Christ, none of those four proclamations can happen to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus said in the writing, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. He can't heal my broken heart until he has the fullness of my spirit and communion where his spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am his child. But for too many years, I have regeneration of spirit, but I had infection of soul. You see, the same Christ who makes us a new creature where old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new, is the same Christ who restores our soul. Psalm 23.3, He the Lord restoreth my soul. So if you look at these proclamations and see what happens, that the affectionate term for Jesus as our dad is Papa, and it's found in Romans 8.15, that we no longer have the spirits of bondage again to fear. Fear is a spirit of bondage, and that's what was holding my heart captive. It's not that I didn't want to speak life into my children. It's not that I didn't want to speak blessing into my children. It's, it's not that I didn't want to engage and endear in affection. It's my heart. I couldn't. It was broken. And, and I didn't have Jesus as my Abba. We no longer have the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have the spirit, capital S, of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We, as you know, are adopted in, in the salvation message. However, we have yet to experience the fullness of what the adoption means, because the Greek affectionate term, Abba, is Papa. I know you know this. I know you've heard this before. But how is the Abba, the Papa, in Jesus expressed? It's expressed in the way that the earthly father is to express to his sons and his daughters. That's the way it's to be expressed. That spirit draws that spirit speaks life. That spirit speaks blessing and endearing affection. 
And the only way Christ Savior becomes Christ Abba is for me to walk through the pain of my afflicted soul. When I became a believer, I was blood-bought, born again, but my soul was ravaged by the pain of fallen humanity, and I had no clue that's what was in there. And it was causing like a stagnant pond of toxicity in me. Where I went, so did the toxicity. It didn't mean I wasn't anointed, that I wasn't gifted, but everything was contaminated. I was like typhoid Mary. If you look at the history, truthfully, she was a wonderful cook. But she was a carrier. So if you sat at her table, it might be your last meal. She, her toxic, unseen germs were in and touched within the food. So that touched the bodies of the others with the disease. That's so it is with the soul. My disease became my children's. It was taking a shroud and putting it over them. Never knew it was happening. They loved me in spite of it. They endured that. But what they had to endure, because it's, it's all they knew. The unhealed pain from fallen and sinful humanity will break your heart. Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. You cannot live in this life for any period of time without somebody deep, dear, and precious to you has broken your heart. As a child, it could be your father. It could be your mother. It could be someone very close to you. As a young adult, it could be a loved one that you're intending to marry someone that you'd been dating. It could be the closest relationship you've ever known and you felt the betrayal of their actions in such a way that if they betrayed you, who else is there to trust? Many young boys and girls transcend into the second season of life, which is when they're out from under the positional authority of their parents, about 18 or 19. That's second season. First season is birth to about 18. We take folks in restoring relationships through first season before they go through second season because the wounds in first season that are unseen become the playing field in the marriage relationship. The marriage relationship becomes the playing field of unhealed wounds of childhood. If those wounds, the impact, the impact of those wounds are not healed, there will be constant, continual conflict in the marital relationship. And you can live an eye for three lifetimes, and that conflict will not only get better on its own through time, it will increase in its intensity. The only way is to have a power greater than that father and husband, a power greater to do the cleansing. But it can never happen unless that father seeks with intention the Abba affectionate father in a deep personal way by walking through the pain seeking a godly sorrow. The spirit of fear 
will bind us if we do not know our heavenly Papa. Our hearts broken in our early years will cause us to lose heart as a father. I lost heart as a father. I didn't want to. I didn't try to. But I was so deeply affected. And I didn't know how to be restored at my soul from that broken heart. Have you lost heart? You know, it's hard to focus on what's happening around you when all that you know is broken within you. How can you focus on the needs of your children when everything in you is broken? Some of you are experiencing that because of maybe a divorce is underway, maybe a separation, maybe the conflict has gotten to the point where you're so distracted, running on empty, how can you give to your children what you yourself need? And the next proclamation from a broken heart is to set the captives free. I thought for many years this meant prison ministry. Of course, they're held captive by bars and walls. It includes them, but the captivity is captivity of heart. And the captivity of heart occurs when a past painful event so deeply afflicted us that a root of bitterness began to spring forth. Now understand that that root is unseen. By definition, roots are not seen, but they're evidenced by what springs forth above ground. And that becomes the symptoms of regrettable behaviors and afflictions. So what happened is the root, when it begins to penetrate the soul, much like roots, it can even penetrate concrete. Tree roots penetrate concrete and lift it up, meaning that the toxicity from that uncleansed wound from years before now has created a person who is bringing that same bitterness to the children in a generational iniquity, and they don't even know it. They might believe in their mind that they can restrain and restrict the flow of what springs forth, where it says, and many be defiled, meaning that that root is being fed by bitterness for the person that has hurt them, and that's springing forth. And now what it's doing is it's hurting those we love the most. The military uses a term called collateral damage. When the bomb drops on the enemy and some innocent civilians get taken out, they're not the target. That's collateral damage. My wife and children were collateral damage of that bitter root. Deep, long feelings of betrayal. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This is written to the believing church at Ephesus. Ephesus. 
Strongholds keep people in the bondage of the past uncleansed painful events. And they begin acting in their adult years and in their most precious relationships from that which was not cleansed. And it's a stronghold and they try to reason it out. Or people even in council try to reason out. You will never ever reason a stronghold out of a man. Fathers, I had a stronghold. It was bigger than me, and I needed a power greater than me to break the stronghold. Only Christ can do it. So he came to heal the brokenhearted. Dads, he came to heal our broken hearts. He came to set the captives free. Third, he came to give sight to the blind. I thought that was blind of eyes, like Bartimaeus and so forth. No, it includes them. But the blindness is of the mind in the Greek. It's of the mind's eye. How do you address an enemy that you cannot see? How do you surrender a problem in repentance that you do not know is deep within you without with intention walking through and letting the Holy Spirit show us This is what Paul meant when he said, worketh out your own salvation in fear and trembling. He was not speaking of salvation in spirit. That's not of works. It's of grace, lest any man should boast. But salvation of soul restoration is, Paul said, you need to understand the gravity of the battle. You're backing into a war that has come against you from the gates of hell, and you're backing into it, waiting for the next event or crisis to occur to bring you down with enemy spirits coming through the place or access of the uncleansed areas. Unrevealed pain in the soul is there because when it happened, it wasn't your fault or my fault. We were the victims, but when it happened, we covered it. We didn't realize it. And pain concealed, pain unhealed means that the enemy spirits use that concealment and they operate through the place that is unrevealed. And we don't know it. We gave them access through our soul to torment us. They don't own us in spirit. I'm not fooling with theology here, but look at the word. Even Ephesians 6 says, the epistle to Ephesus, you're not dealing with flesh and blood. You're dealing with principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Spirits are trying to bring you down when they lose you to the Christ. For eternity, what, they want, what they're doing is to try to rob you of your destiny in Christ and the perfect plan he has for you. And he comes through those areas that we don't even realize are there. Because no one had taken our hand and said, we're going to walk in this pain. And the Lord has been whispering that every time one of those crisis events come in the marriage or with the children. When the children are crying out, And I would hear this script, Dad, you don't know me. I still hear it. He was right. You don't know me. Can I translate? Dad, I've looked for your heart for 15 years. And it's not for the giving. 
I'm turning from you as you turned from me. Because it went from you don't know me to you don't want me. I was condemned to repeat, but I didn't heal. Lastly, I have come to set at liberty the oppressed. The whole field of psychology has fed on this area. Oppression is best described as depression, despondency, suicidal ideation, which is really the hot topic these last two weeks, regrettably, eating disorders, personality disorders. It goes on and on. The book of disorders is this thick. It's called the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, and it has a conspicuous absence of two things, source and solution. I think you would agree that if I don't know how I got this way and I don't know how to get through it, the book isn't very helpful. It just adds depression on depression. Human psychology will never set you free. I'm a psychologist. The last 150 years, this field has exploded, originating, some say with Sigmund Freud, some say his contemporaries. Freud himself was one of the darkest figures in, in world history. The fact that somehow 150-year-old truth will give us something that the Scriptures don't has created more blind guides than we've ever known not intentionally blind. This is the truth. These four proclamations after knowing Christ will heal your relationship with your children, dads. The Lord will heal your marriage. He will restore your soul. He will cleanse you from the pain and a godly sorrow. And he will give you the greatest joy that you've never known. But it won't happen on you. It will only come to you by seeking it with everything within you. Jesus said, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all of your heart. Do you remember the verse, Romans eight fifteen? We no longer have the spirit of adoption, or we no longer have the spirit of fear, of bondage, spirit of bondage unto fear. That's written to the believing church. We have the spirit, capital S, of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Papa. Do you know what the Lord's looking for? You've known him as your Savior. Those of you that know him, you've known him as your savior. He's calling you, and dads, this invitation is to you because as you go, so will your family. He's calling you to place yourself up for adoption with purposeful intention of your will. 
he's saying, I have come in to you. When you receive me as your Savior, that's the consummation of the Spirit, the bridegroom into the bride. That's the fullness, Christ in me, a new creation. Now in adoption, he's saying, you absorb and consummate into me. Come and let me adopt you. With that comes healing for the broken heart. With that comes being set free of captivity. With that comes having sight to the blind and being delivered of the oppression of all of that pain that we've carried. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. That's what adoption means. That's what soul restoration is. How is it we have lived so long and hard with the hope and the promise of heaven, but we have struggled so intensely in the flesh, in the carnal place, and resisting what God could do with us in that place of surrender. And that is to put ourselves up for adoption. I believe to make that decision in your heart today, I believe that the wisdom will pour through you, and I'm speaking that over you right now, that he will so carefully guide the steps of the righteous who do that. And by doing so, he will step by step begin to show you within. He'll cause you instead of looking out to look in and the Holy Spirit will meet you and show you what has held you captive and he will pierce the blindness and he will show you that he's going to deliver you from the oppression. He will heal your broken heart and you will look up and he will show you the place of the repentance unto him because godly sorrow leads to that repentance. So as we close and pastor if the musicians want to have a moment here, up here, so that I can just finalize a prayer. And that prayer would be an opportunity. You can sit and stay right there. But the proclamation and the engagement of the Lord by heart comes from you now turning your heart toward Him. He has already turned His heart toward you. It is we that have not turned our hearts toward him. And by doing so, that's where we experience soul restoration. I'd like you to bow with me in prayer. Father, we ask that you would do through this message what you want to do. We ask that your Holy Spirit would search the hearts of our precious fathers today. Some of us have felt like failures, but we're not. That's a lie of the enemy. We're broken. We've been held captive. We've been blind, and we've been oppressed. We're claiming freedom from all of that. We're trusting you in the place of our hearts that we never trusted you before. We're asking for your perfect love that casts out fear. We're asking for the God of all peace that passes understanding to keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
Holy Spirit, don't just hover over, but pour through heads and hearts of fathers and men this morning. I give liberty over each one to grieve a godly sorrow in and through the pain that has hurt for years, decades even, for a fullness of a cleansing and a purification. The pain is the purifier. The sorrow is the cleansing. The purification has been happening in the pain that so many dads have lived with. Dad's pain, your pain became your child's pain. Your bondage became your child's bondage. Your oppression became your child's oppression. And your blindness became your child's blindness. In the name of Jesus, I bind every one of those afflictions and cast them out and break the power of them in the name of Jesus Christ to set free every heart, every mind, every man in this place. Mothers, you can certainly pray as you are led. Sons and daughters, you can pray as you're led. But this is to the fathers. For those of you that are doing that surrender, just raise your hand. Show the Lord of your affirmation and intention. Dads, raise up. Yes, 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 absolutely. Claim it. Claim this victory. Claim your restoration. Many of you all around, God bless you unashamedly with absolute firm resolve firm resolve, unwavering, unfettered, totally free. It's, Lord, hear the prayer from the heart of everyone, every father who has surrendered to you this day, this hour. Let this be their Ebenezer time, this stone of remembrance, that as they move forward, they will not waver they will not be distracted. They will not finish the steps until they are completely set free in the areas that have bound them through the years. Until they have complete restoration in you, Lord Jesus. For now and for eternity, preparing the bride spotless for your return and to preach in the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen.